welcome to the Community Champions podcast. I'm Zoe McEwen and today we've got a guest, Sarah. Hi. Hello Sarah, for those of you that can see the video. And Sarah's going to come in and share her insights. Sarah, you were one of the first, I think when, when I came online, you were one of the first people that I knew that had a, a really good, strong membership, paid group. Um, and I think you'd had it a while. And so I think it'd be great for people to know how you've done that, a little bit of your experience, your background, why you decided to start it. Because obviously before that you were doing what you do, and we'll talk about what you do in a minute, doing what you do offline, in person, which you still do. But I think watching what you've done and seeing how you really connect with your community, you are the perfect person to talk to us about all of that. So uh, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, my name is Sarah Aspinall and I'm the founder of Breaking Ballet, which is an online um, ballet inspired fitness program for women in their 40s and beyond. So for perimenopausal and menopausal women, busy women who don't find the time or can't find the time to work out for hours on end and just want to reap the benefits of exercise doing short sort of 10 to 15 minute workouts a day. Is that exactly what it started out at? Has it evolved? No. Just thinking you saying <laughs> the short little workouts. Was it always like that? No, I I started out years ago. I mean, I was a lawyer for years. I went back to my roots, back to ballet and started, you know, fast forward a few years, having done all my training again. Um, I was teaching in-person classes. So obviously those classes are an hour long, but they're, you know, with people, with a group of people. So I think that once someone's signed up and paid for a series of classes, then it's so much easier for them just to turn up to that class every week. They're, they get to know people in the room, their friends, they get to know me. And so, you know, that gives them accountability and, and helps them. So when I wanted to um, take that offering online, it was very, very different. Um, I wanted to do it with integrity. And I was just trying to figure out what the best way of doing it was. So I had ideas, but I went out and did loads of market research. So I asked all my clients who I was teach currently teaching. I asked friends. I think I posted on my Facebook um, page and sort of said, can, can anyone spare me 20 minutes to have a chat over the phone? I spoke to so many people I'd never met before, didn't know them, yeah. and just asked them, you know, if you were going to do an online program, what would that need to look like for you? When would you fit it in? How long would you have? Um, and the more and more I spoke to those women and started to understand their challenges, how busy they were. And these were all women at the time who were late 30s, I would say. Late 30s, early 40s. So I'm 46 now. So this is going back, you know. Six, yeah, so they were similar-ish to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and it was... It, they were all saying, I haven't got time. I'm so busy. When would I fit it in? I can't imagine doing three hour long workouts a week. You know, I can barely get to my current class on time because things are so manic. Um, and that's when I realized that, you know, it needs to be short. They need to be short workouts. And that was fine. That was easy because actually the classes I was teaching were kind of broken down into that anyway, 10 minute warm up, yeah. 10 minute on the mat, you know, wh whatever it was. So that was no problem. But then during those conversations, I was realizing, okay, how are they going to 
be accountable? How are they going to do those workouts on their own at home? Mm -hmm. That's when I started to explore something different that was not just workouts. I didn't want to put out a load of workouts like you'd often see or used to see on Mm -hmm. fitness platforms where there'd be a huge, amazing, very um, impressive library of workouts, but there was no guidance on which to do, when to do them and no real support, either from the instructor particularly or from anyone else. There was no community. And that was the thing that was missing because I'd started out online with a course and people signed up for that course and then they were like, now what? And that's what then prompted the membership. And then- Yeah, uh, yeah, several things from what you say. One, for me, um, I've done courses and they just don't give me the same feeling as my subscription group does. Yeah. Because I feel like I can be on hand for them Mm. a lot more. Mm. Um, And secondly, you talked about the market research beforehand Mm. that's so important particularly before you start paid group um because you need to have a certain number a number of people to make it profitable you you know there's there's no point in starting something if nobody wants Mm. it and we do overthink it and we we think we've worked out exactly what people want or we've looked at what other people are offering and we think oh I you know I can offer that but in a slightly different way and then when it comes to it it's a flop because you didn't properly check in with people that what you were offering was exactly what they could commit to which is different than asking them is this something you'd like Mm. because lots of people will say oh I'd love that that sounds great I'd love that but actually getting them to commit to it Mm. is another thing um so yeah I did loads of research before I did mine and kind of put out offers that I thought um were going to be in the membership the paid membership um and I gave them free twice I gave them free the audits free and I think I had 250 people in my group then and each time I had over 50 people like the same day say yes I'll have one of your audits and when you get to that level where you've got a large number of people wanting something if that thing can then be moved into your paid membership you know you're probably you know you probably got something that's going to work out Mm. so um yeah it's really it's really good to do to do that micro research so I think that's really important for for people to remember because what we think is going to be a great membership isn't always great for the members. In a, in a free group, I think it's easier. You can start with what you think and mm. then you can you can tweak your offer. You can you can mess about with it in a free community. But in a paid one, you need to kind of have a vision. And I think the danger with a paid one is because you know people are going to be paying you, you there is that risk of over delivering. So I remember having to pair right back from what I had had in mind for what I was going to deliver on a monthly basis into this membership. And actually what they needed was so much, you know, they didn't need all of that. And in fact, if I'd given that, they would have been so overwhelmed, feeling like, oh, this is what I should be doing because this is what she's providing, that none Mm -hmm. of them would have stayed. And I, I see that I see that question being asked a lot when people are um, setting memberships up or, you know, a paid community, whatever you want to call it, that because it's your thing and you're feeling a bit nervous about it and people are paying you money, that temptation to just give them everything. And in fact, the less is more, definitely, I think, totally. so that people can actually achieve um, and feel good about themselves. Yes, 
because in, initially when they join as well, you want them to feel like it's easy to access because these people have told you they're struggling for time. Yeah. So if you make it too difficult or too mm. onerous or they feel like they're not keeping up because there's so much and they've added more stuff mm. and I haven't done the last lot yet, yeah. um, then people are already feeling a little bit more negative about, mm. you know, they joined because they thought they could could do this thing. And now you're adding more and more and more. And now they feel like they can't do this thing. They can't achieve. Yeah. So we have to make it really easy for them to to keep up as well. And I think that's, yeah, that is really important. So you um, you still do your classes in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you kind of, you know, you're doing both at the same time. Um, and what? how did you find the balance between how present you are in your paid membership and how... Um, yeah, present you can be with with in person stuff, but there needs to be a difference between the two, doesn't there? You can't be there all the time for them. No, not at all. But I think that's the power of a really strong community because what I found was that yes, people initially were signing up because they wanted the workouts and the sort of holistic program, as it were, because it's not just workouts inside my membership. Um, but they, they were staying because of the community. They were staying and that was the val- the most valuable part. And whenever anyone asks my members now what they love about the backstage membership, they talk about the community. They don't say, oh, because I love the abs workouts or I love, you know, it's always the community. And so I think, yes, to begin with, that requires quite a little, you know, a, a lot of your time just to make sure onboarding is really is good. People feel comfortable there. So but as time goes on, if when you have new people arriving into that community, before I can get to their questions, the rest of my community has answered it because they're all there and they're, they're you know, an amazing group of women. So it, at the at the moment, in terms of my presence, I post every day inside the group and I do a live Q&A once a week so they can ask me anything. If people tag me because they've got questions in between all of that, of course, I will get back to them. I do a live workout once a month. So there's certain touch points where, you know, it's not too onerous on me in terms of the amount of time that I spend there. But for them, they feel like I'm there all the time because they know I'm going to be there every Friday morning. They know that once a month we're going to, so last night we did a workout together. So there's those touch points all the time. Um, But in between that, they have each other. And because of the way that the community has grown and because of the ethos and the type of woman that comes into my community, I think that when they're when I'm sort of not there and they're all helping each other, it kind of feels like I'm there because, you know, they're saying all the sorts of things that I would be saying anyway because they've listened to it and that's who they are and that's just yeah. the general feel of the community. So yeah. and I think my presence feels bigger than than it actually is in terms of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what you want, isn't it? Because the community, yeah. uh, you you host the place, you give them the location, um, but it's not all about you. It has to be no. everybody pitching in and, and playing their part for it to feel like a community because mm. you want them to come back for more than just you. If it's just around you, um, that's that's not a community. Where do you host it? Your What do you use? What platforms do you use 
So my membership is actually um, a membership sort of plug into my website but yeah. the community itself and where I do the live Q&As is on Facebook mm-hmm. um yeah no, there's, there's just so still many... using Facebook groups um, yeah exactly there's so many platforms but I mean I'm a big fan of Facebook groups yeah um, but there are lots of different places but yeah. it has to be you know where you think your ideal person is going to have the facility I have the facility inside my membership portal to create the equivalent of a Facebook group um and we're still toying with the idea of that but I think because people are so used to using Facebook they're on there anyway they get notifications you know when anyone posts in there I just feel if I pull it away from there we're going to lose that connection just another Um, layer of access yeah yeah. tricky Live workouts I do via Zoom. So we're all in like a Zoom meeting. So I've got a huge screen. I can see them all on my screen in the studio. Um, So that's lovely. And then, you know, other than me being live as such, we inside the membership, there are other things that I use to draw the members together. So um, every month, the first week of every month, we do a challenge. And so inside the Facebook group, we're posting each day who's completed the workout, etc. At the end of that week, there's always a winner because I encourage them to post a photo of themselves. So there's rules to enter. One of the rules is to be supportive of other members. So to be vocal in actually cheering other people along. So if you haven't done that that week, you're not in with a chance of winning. So encouraging them to support each other, not just thinking about their own journey through that challenge and um, that has created you know a lovely community as well and then every month we feature a member so it's called center stage and I ask for volunteers and you know we have a, a form that they fill in just talking about themselves so it's just another way for members to learn more about each other for that member to feel quite special because they're that the feature for mm. that month the sort of calendar girl yeah. as it were um and and then you know the other members are then cheering them on supporting them saying how lovely it is to learn more about them so there's lots of different ways I think that you can bring that community together um without you know being in a Facebook group or I mean that yeah. is that is an important part of mine but it's not the only part yeah but I think you're other- right it's up to us you the host whoever owns the group to encourage the community in them yes they won't just naturally do it and a lot of people come to me and say well how do you get that community feel well you have to take steps and you have to show them and lead them by example and mm. encourage them to talk to each other and not reply to every comment yourself because as soon as you reply to something, nobody else chips in because you're like, you're the guru, you're the person. Yeah. Like if you've answered it, nobody else needs to to say anything. So just stepping back um, and letting them just sort themselves out, but giving them that space and encouraging it mm. is is really important. So we, I asked you to ask your community what they thought made your, it's called Backstage yes. uh, Membership you know why they loved it and they and they do love it um and I'm sure you've got loads of responses and you just sent me like a a snapshot of them um so I just want to run through some of them because there's a few that are that really the heart of all of this that you know why I started the podcast why I love all of this chat about community um so Gillian first she did mention the community she just said you know it's a great community Deb said um that she that they meet in person as well sometimes so that's yes, 
So yeah. because the membership has global, um, you know, they're all over the globe. And that is so lovely because they figure out where each other live. They get, they've get they become such good friends that occasionally if someone is traveling, they'll say, oh, they'll, re you know, remember who lives in that area and they'll meet up. There was last week, and I hadn't even realized this was happening until they posted the photograph. Someone from the UK was going over to Australia on holiday or business, I forget which, and she met up with one of the, oh. with his multiple Australians ladies she met up and they they went out for lunch together um to a, a restaurant that was called bar as in ballet bar or something yeah and they posted a photo and they'd met up and had lunch together in australia so that would never have happened no never so they're making lots mm. and lots of friends all over the world and it's lovely wherever they travel there'll be someone there from backstage yeah, yeah. so nice so nice that you, you know that you're providing that space mm. because it's not just and I, you know i keep saying this and you have a great membership and you totally you know your stuff about ballet but it's not just about the ballet um mm. elaine which i thought was really interesting she said we're all equal in the group mm. And that's a really interesting thing. And that's something I'd never thought about before till I read her comment. And I thought, it's true. Nobody knows. You can just show up and be whoever you want to be. You mm -hmm. don't know what else is going on in people's lives unless they want to share it. You don't know where they live, who they are, any of those choices that we might make judgments around. She just, you know, everyone's equal. That is and I think that's the, that's the power of exercise, though, isn't it, as well? Because you can turn up to a running club or um, a class in your local area or whatever you're doing, whatever group exercise you're doing. And there's no, you know, that you could be from any walk of life. If you can move your body, you're together. And that's what you're focusing on is improving your health and fitness. And so it, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference what your background is, what job you have, you know, any of that. It that all gets stripped away. And yeah, I think that's absolutely. what Elaine must feel, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, just just lovely. Um Sam said is always positive support. You've talked about that and you've definitely nurtured that in them to make sure that there's a positive support and that comes mm. from leading by example. So they'll they follow and they they read your comments. I know people um, often don't think about the fact that when you comment on something, everybody else will read it, not just mm -hmm. the person who you're commenting and replying back yeah. to. And then they get the tone of the group and they, they do, they just kind of fall in line usually with, okay, so this is how we speak to each other. And even that is really important. Mm. uh hannah said about the support elizabeth said it's safe and that's a really interesting one yes feeling she said about being you know the group is closed so it just feels safe in there yeah and i think you know they know that there are no men in there they know that um the vast majority of women in there are of a similar age dealing with similar issues through perimenopause you know one person will talk about a perimenopausal symptom that has come as a surprise to them and everyone else will pile in and say oh yeah I've had that for years yeah so it just feels like you're with a close group of friends even though there's a lot of them that that get you that understand you um and I think right from the get-go I didn't allow any 
I'm saying negativity because, of course, I do encourage people to post when they're going through challenges, when they're struggling, um, but for a reason, not just to have a bitch and a moan, but to actually, you know, it, it ends up being constructive. Um, but there's no feel of competition. There's no, I'm better at this exercise than you. There's there's none of that. That all gets stripped yeah. away and it does feel safe because everyone is so kind. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I think what, uh, and again, sort of reading back through these responses is that people are turning up for more than the ballet. Mm. You know, then the ballet was the, we all have this in common. Yeah. We all want to do some exercise and we've chosen ballet and we have this in common. Mm. But actually what they're getting from it is so much more than that. And, mm. uh, we need to remember that because that's what makes a community. Kate has put camaraderie mm. so that just fit that feeling of like, we're all in this together. We're all of a similar, as you said, you know, we're all of a similar age, similar type. Um, and that there is something special about that because again, I talk about this in, in your free communities. If you are not careful who you let in the wrong, so, and not talking, um, you know, the wrong person in terms of anything awful. Just if you let somebody in who's above the level of the rest of the group, maybe. So you let somebody in who's more established in their business. You've got a business group and it's really for beginners, but you let somebody in who's more established. And that person will talk about things um, at a higher level in there because they've done it before and they have more confidence with what they're doing. And then those people who the group was really for, the beginners, start to feel uncomfortable there's somebody in here that's not really you know you've let a few people in that are a higher level than us um so it doesn't take a lot for for a community to just shift and mm. feel like oh I'm not feeling like I belong in here anymore so there is a skill to it and it shouldn't be you know underestimated creating that space as, as Kate said where where you feel like you've you know the camaraderie of being in something together mm. and I think I think that's true because if I think about my in-person classes, you know, it, I teach those classes, I've taught them for years and there's a certain type of person that goes. They're, they're mm. lovely, they're friendly, they're open. They're, and if anyone comes into that room to trial the class who isn't that type of person, it's very obvious from quite early on and it's obvious to them that they don't quite fit in and it's obvious to the rest of the room that they yeah. don't quite fit in and that's a visual thing I can see that yeah. things are not quite gelling for whatever reason mm -hmm. and I think what's lovely about having an established community once you have grown that and and you've um, nurtured it into something that you want it to be if you ever do get those the odd person come in that isn't quite the right fit and it does happen of course it does because you can't screen everyone you can't really understand who everyone is um, they will automatically end up just removing themselves because it's not a space so if someone wanted to come in and start you know criticizing and, and being unpleasant it it just wouldn't go down well it wouldn't yeah. work so even if they were thinking to do it they can see it's not going to work and yeah. if that doesn't then feel like the right space for them and they want to vent somewhere else they'll go somewhere else so in the end it, you know you're not even having to do that process yourself it just happens organically because yeah. they just feel the energy don't they and they feel yeah. like it's not right for them 
Yeah. And any group, free, paid, any community, wherever the space is, you know, having people come and go, having a flow, feeling comfortable with people leaving mm. is, is something we have to learn to do. You know, there's lots yeah. of reasons people leave a community and that's fine. If, if they decide they come and they try it and they decide it's not for them, mm. you know, that's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that people yes. choose that. And the last one, the kind of the, the, the last thing I want to say really uh, is and Maria said, her first line was a lifeline, <laughs> a lifeline. And then I'm like, oh, I'm kind of choking up for Maria. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, this is great. You create this space. And then I sort of read on and, and she said lots of other lovely things. And she said she'd been in the group for three and a half years. Mm, yes. That's special. It is special. Maria, um, you know, joined three and a half years ago. And a couple of years ago, just before Christmas, she was, um, and she won't mind me sharing this, she was getting some Christmas decorations out from the loft and she fell off the ladder. Mm. And she ended up, you know, with, you know, life-changing injury that went on for some time. And so she couldn't exercise. She's a very active person. So it affected her mental well-being, physical well-being, everything. Mm. Um, and so when she refers to a lifeline, it was the group that actually got her through all of that. She developed yeah. some very, very close friendships in there. Um, obviously, I was in touch with her on a regular basis and helping her deal with that so for her you, you don't I guess you don't always feel like you can share with your friends and your family yeah. because you yeah. don't always want to burden people with it so when people are slightly removed online then maybe that just feels easier but certainly for Maria, it did, you know, and she still, every time I speak to her or see her, she still cries <laughs> and tells oh, me. I honestly, yeah. it made me well up just reading it. Yeah. Because it is the epitome of what we're after, mm -hmm. that somebody stays for that long mm -hmm. and totally feels like they belong, like they're, they're that group of her people mm -hmm. who could support her to get through something. And she knew, because you have a large membership, you've got a lot of people in there, but you still, it's really personal feeling. Mm -hmm. She knew there would be people in there that at any point, and also the other thing about it being sort of like global, that at any point, even if, you know, in the middle of the night or the next oh, yeah. morning someone early, or, <laughs> there's always someone around. Yeah. Um, and there's always going to be someone who's feeling a little bit similar. Of who's course. Like, I get it. Yeah. I know, mm. uh, you know, that's me too. Mm. Um, and so instantly you create bonds and, mm. and bonds are really important. That's what makes people loyal and, and keeps them coming back. It is. And it, it absolutely is. And, you know, my membership from the get-go and I track it every single month I have over 95% retention rates month on month which for membership is really high for those people really listening and, and don't know much about memberships it's really high and that is all down to the community it's not yes. down to you know my amazing workouts which of course they are but it's not because of that it's no. you know, that part and parcel of it but I'm I'm convinced it is the community aspect of it that you know yeah keeps that retention rate so high yeah. we need to remember that because you know there are a million and one um probably youtube videos yeah but they don't keep people going they yeah. don't make you turn up that that's not the thing that gets the results mm. um and and often people need to just pay a small amount of money mm. to join these groups and the benefits are huge mm. as you say so much more than the exercise 
um and that's uh, that's really important to remember so just tell us uh where we can find you how we can find the membership the names because the you are breaking ballet yeah breakingballet.com is the website and then I've got programs on there one of which is the backstage membership um and then on Facebook on all all the social media my handles at breaking ballet so yeah yeah you've got Instagram and and Facebook uh thank you Sarah it's been really really nice uh really loved it um I'll, I'll make sure the links go with all of this so that people can find you if you've enjoyed it please leave us a review and if you want to say anything um about sarah or her membership i will pass that on to her too so thank you very much for listening and thank you for joining me sarah thanks zoe